This is a Cortez Currents news update. When BC's restaurants closed their doors last March, they virtually shut down Cortez Island's number one industry. Though sales are still below pre-COVID levels, the shellfish sector is coming back. Beginning of October, we were ready to sell all that stuff and the market was there, but of course we had red tide, oddly late in Area 13 this year. And um, it wasn't until mid-November that we started selling that stuff. And Said Eric Lyon, owner-operator of Rising Tide Shellfish on Cortez Island. And then it was great. We were taking along big orders, selling lots of smaller product. And then our processor, the, the one that we mostly sell that stuff to, he sort of said, oh, I'll take it a little bit easy on that stuff. Usually leading up to Christmas, the sales are really good. No ceiling to the sales. But this year on that littler stuff, it's the first time we've seen where he's, instead of saying, just send everything you can, I can't fill the orders. He was saying like, oh, maybe uh, skip one week of the extra smalls and then we'll take another load of them the following. It hasn't been like a full stop or anything like that. It's just that this Christmas season has been obviously a little bit stranger than usual and so it has affected the domestic sales. The BC Shellfish Growers Association describes Cortez Island as one of the most prolific shellfish growing areas on the west coast. Gorge Harbor is the central hub of this activity. According to Julia Rendell, president of the Bee Islets Growers Corporation, they did some testing in various areas on the coast and they found that actually the gorge was probably one of the better and Bialitz in particular is really good. There was two scientists did come and test it. So they did a paper on it. George Shalinsky or something was his name, the guy that did the research. And then they did of course the carrying capacity of the gorge. That was Brian Kins that did that a long time ago. This was when they were trying not to expand at all, have a moratorium on rafts, and he said that he could support a, a, a lot of rafts. So it's very rich in food. How many growers are there at the islets? The islets, there's 14 growers. The main stakeholders, really, island sea farms. They've got, I think, 73 spaces, it's 150 spaces. And then the rest are smaller growers, maybe 20 rafts, 15 rafts, 5 rafts. How many rafts have you got? 17. I try to have like 5 rafts of shark a year. So that's why Covid didn't really affect me that much, because I, I never sell in the summer anyway, because it's too much testing that you have to do and pay for, so I don't do that. Were there many people who kept uh, selling to the shuck market? No. It turns out that Julia was the only one selling to the shuck market. When China started accepting product again in June, Eric Lyon suddenly found himself confronted by a greater demand than he could possibly supply. The rest of the Bee Island oyster farmers would have to wait until the domestic market reopened in November. Island Sea Farms has more rafts than any of the other farmers in Bee Islets, but they grow mussels which will be treated separately, except to say that they also regained access to the markets in late fall. Kristen Schofield Sweet and her partner John Shook own five rafts of deep water oysters. She described the different growing techniques at Bee Islets. 
there are basically three ways to purchase oysters and each one is a different growing technique. If you go to the store and buy a little tub or a tin of oysters out of their shell, that would be us selling to the shuck market. Those don't have any preparation time. If you stop selling this month, you can start again next month without any problem. You just pull up some more strings and harvest them and off they go. The second kind of oyster that you can purchase is basically called wild harvest. And that means somebody is trogging out there at midnight with their bucket and picking them up off a beach. And those are the oysters that you're likely to find in the grocery store, certainly in restaurants. Those are sold as live product, but you don't do anything to them because they're coming off the beach, which is their natural habitat. The third kind is also sold in restaurants and in taverns, and, and it's to the live market. This is what we grow, but they're grown in what's called a deep water lease. And oysters aren't natural to deep water. They're fine there, but it's like living full-time in the supermarket. They, they never have to close their mouth, really. They can eat all the time. And so a couple of things happen. The two edges of the shell don't perfectly align because they don't have to. They never have to really close. And the second more significant thing is lots of other organics certainly all kinds of sponges, lots of little worms, lots of aquatic plants, then grow on the stacks of oyster trays with the oysters in them as if it was an artificial reef. And it's that fouling, that's what that's called, that has to be cleaned off before you can sell oysters from a deep water lease. So even though we quit selling in March, which means we stopped putting our oysters in smaller stacks and taking them to the beach so that they would naturally clear themselves of that fouling. Uh, once we start again, we have to put oysters in the short stacks and take them to the beach. And it takes about a month for six weeks for that fouling to die away because all of those other little creatures I just described are not intertidal. So they don't like the tide goes in and out twice a day and the oysters are fine with it, of course. Anyway, that's how we clean the oysters. So we started in November, anticipating that we might have some sales pretty soon. And so we started bringing up the tall, the big stacks in the deep water lease and moving them into small stacks and then taking them to the beach. And those are gonna be ready in probably another couple of weeks, maybe next week. Subsequent to our interview, Christian Schofield Sweet emailed that we are preparing a delivery for the 12th of January. It takes three to four days to put one together, plus the weather must allow us to get off the island, plus we have to have a clean result from a sample of oysters sent for testing to the DFO before we ship. Hardly anything concerning oyster farming ends up being a simple comment. You've been listening to interviews with Julia Rendell, Eric Lyon, and Kristen Schofield Sweet from the Bee Islets Growers Corporation about the recovery of Cortez Island's shellfish industry. <laughs>